Welcome to His Church Owensboro Podcast. We are so excited about what God is doing in your life, and we would love to hear from you. Visit us at hischurch.cc and let us know about all of the things that God is doing in your life. If you have been blessed by this podcast and would consider supporting us financially, please visit hischurch.cc and click on Give to see the many options available. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message blesses you. the best hand clap you've ever given anybody. Come on, lift your voice to the Lord this morning. And since you're clapping and shouting, why don't you go ahead and shout for the Henderson campus. Come on, clap for the Amarillo campus. Clap for the Dumas campus. And come on, give the Lord a big shout for the 96 campuses that are on their way. Amen. Praise the Lord. Man, I feel faith in the room. Praise the Lord. How many of you know when you're in faith, anything is possible from heaven? Amen? Amen. You can be seated or you can just stand, run around the room, whatever you want to do. It, it, it won't shake me up either way. As Pastor Patrick said, my name is Chris McDonald. We pastor Life in Christ Church in Marion, Kentucky, and it's a great honor to be with you here this morning. It is a great honor to call Pastor Brian and Jesse Gibson our pastors. And I can tell you this, had it not been for them, we'd have thrown the towel in and never made it. I mean, I, you know, when you start doing something and you don't know anything about it, you need people around you to keep encouraging you. And when Sue and I started pastoring, I mean, we'd been following God for a while. I'd been preaching for a while. But when we started pastoring, we knew that much about it. How many of you have ever went into anything and knew that much about it? And you needed somebody to encourage you that knew more than you did. Yep. All right. Let's get something cleared up here. I like people who are engaged in what's going on. So if you grunt or just, you know, a Presbyterian cough, just whatever, just something to let me know you're still kicking out there. That's cool. I, look, I don't need it necessarily, but it just makes the service better for you when you're engaged in what's going on. I don't need it. I can preach in a room full of people that all look like statues. I'm still going to have fun. I'm still going to preach. It's all going to be the same. But it'll make it better for you if you're at least engaged in what's going on. Amen? So super grateful for Pastor Brian and Jesse. And I can tell you, you've got some of the greatest leaders, I would say in the country, but that would be a short sale for them. Really, you've got some of the best leaders in the world. We've spent a ton of time with them, uh, both doing ministry, but just doing life, hanging out with them. And, you know... They're just wonderful people. Now, they may be watching. They didn't pay me to say that. I tell them that, that we love them all the time because we do. And I'm honored to call them friends. I'm honored to call them our pastors. And I can tell you, if you're sitting here and this is where you call it home, you're honored to be in this place you have great campus pastors, wonderful. I love them so much. Pastor Patrick and Tiffany, they're just awesome. I mean, 
It's just good to be with good people. I used to hang out with people who were not good. Anybody ever not, you know, you didn't just show up floating three feet off the ground. You actually hung out with some rough people before. It's a lot better to hang out with nice people that you don't think is going to stab you or shoot you or, you know, leave you in an alley somewhere half beat to death. It's so much better to be in church. This will probably be the nicest place you'll be at all week. People smile. They're happy to see you. You know, they're not pulling guns on you. It's a good thing. Praise the Lord. So today I want to talk to you about your authority. How many of you know as a believer, some of you are here in the first service, so you're double dipping. I like it. That means you thought it was at least halfway decent, so you came back. So that's a good thing. Know your authority. How many of you know as a believer, you have authority delegated to you by Jesus Christ himself. Now, you got to do something with it, though. It's one thing to know you have it. It's another thing to do something with it. How many of you know a police officer has authority? I mean, we know that. He doesn't have authority just because he packs a gun or wears a badge. No, they have authority. I should say they because it could be a lady also that's a police officer. How many of you know they have authority delegated to them to do what? To uphold the law. So if a traffic light goes out and they're in an intersection directing traffic and you're coming up to the intersection and the police officer holds their hand out, what are you going to do? Are you going to stop because he has so much power he can stop the car physically? No, you're going to stop because he has authority. Authority to do what? Authority to tell you to stop and you better. Or he'll call his friends and they will chase you down. And then it gets nasty. I'm sure nobody in here ever ran from the law, but just in case somebody's watching online or at another campus who was an outlaw who ran from the law, you know that when they catch you, it can go south in a hurry. I had friends who would run from the law. I was like, I'm out on that deal because they have things to make you comply when they catch you and I don't want to be on the wrong end of that stick. I'm going to tell you this. The devil doesn't want to be on the wrong end of the stick. So he's tried to deceive people forever and get them to think they don't have authority. He's worked on the church in little ways to get you to think you don't have authority. You, you ought to be thankful that a guy like your pastor, Pastor Brian, a lady like Pastor Jesse come along and start teaching people about the authority they have. I'm telling you, when you understand your place and the authority you have in Christ, it will absolutely change everything about your life because you won't allow the devil to run roughshod over you. Now, I'm probably going to throw out all these little words and things, and somebody here will be able to translate them to you because I, I use phrases that don't exist anymore because I grew up around old people, and I sometimes talk like, you know, I'm not 50, that I'm like 112. And so just play along, be nice, and smile when I say something you don't understand, and then find somebody later to explain. Now, what was he saying? What, what did he mean by that? Like, is that in the Bible? Like, is that Greek or Hebrew? What's he saying? Now, knowing where you're at in God, knowing who you are in Christ, when you know your position, it's a game changer. So if you come in here today thinking, well, you know, I'm a Christian, I'm just barely getting by, and 
I guess if it's God's will for me to have anything, that I guess he'll go ahead and give it to me. And, you know, preacher, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. No, you can't be both. You, you can't be both. You're either a sinner or you're saved by grace. Now, I know that just runs crossways of some of what, of what some people think, but that's okay. That's what the word will do for you. It will run crossways of your thinking and get you to start thinking like God thinks according to his word. You can't be both. I was a sinner. I got saved by grace. Now I am a child of God according to what God says and my position changed. No different than Adam's position changed in the garden. God placed Adam and Eve in the garden and what did he do? He gave them full authority. Then what happened? The enemy came along and he tricked them to give up their authority. He said, you know, I'm just giving you the, the overview of it here. I don't have time to go to all of it. He, he said, did God really say? Did God really say that? And then he used the word and twisted it. So when he twisted it, they fell for the bait. And boy, we've all been in for it ever since. Right? What did Satan use? He used deception to get them off of what God said. And the instant that they sinned, man fell. In a moment, in just a nanosecond, the nature of Adam changed from just like God to a fallen man of to a fallen man, to a fallen creation. Well, God's plan all along was for us to operate like Adam had started in the garden. Jesus came and restored that authority. When Jesus left to go back to heaven before he left, he delegated that authority back to mankind. Now, I don't think as a whole, I don't think we've done a very good job with it. That's just my personal view on it. I believe if we'd have done a real good job with it as the church around all over, I think the world would be in a different shape than it's in. But I don't think we've done a very good job. So it's kind of been a mandate on me to teach people that they have authority, that they're in a place of authority, that they're seated at the right hand of God in Jesus Christ and we need to exercise our rightful authority to see the things in the earth that God wants to see. Now, how many of you know that at some point this age is gonna to come to an end? I believe it's the window is getting small. I believe you can look in scripture and see the window is getting small. That's why it should be more important to us now, more important than ever, that every seat in every room we go in that's called a church house ought to be full. It's the mission of the people that are in the room at this moment and the people that are in rooms scattered all across this country at the moment to see to it that the church of the Lord Jesus blossoms and that people get born again. I mean, we cannot keep it a secret that Jesus Christ came out of heaven, born of a virgin, grew up on this earth, was perfect, never sinned, went to a cross, died for us, that wasn't good enough for him. He went into hell, paraded the enemy around, stripped him of all of his authority, was raised from the dead on the third day, and then delegated that same authority to his church. And then we want to sit back and keep it secret. I think that's why God blessed me with a big mouth and good lungs. 
I don't want to keep it secret. I want people to know the Jesus I know. I want people to know they can operate in authority. I want people to know they don't have to live sick. I want people to know they don't have to live broke. I want people to know they can have a great marriage. It may be rocky right now, but it can be great. Just let God get in the middle of it and then take authority over the enemy that's trying to destroy it. All he has is deception. If he can deceive you off the word of God, he has you right where he wants you. But if you'll stay in the word of God and understand the word of God, so can we understand the word of God? Absolutely. If you're born again, the Holy Spirit lives in you. Yes. God the Father, God the Son, not the other guy. God the Holy Spirit. God sent Jesus into the earth. Jesus then ascended back to heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. The Holy Spirit came into the earth to do what? Not just give us goosebumps and make us feel good. I mean, that's what a lot of people, oh, I felt the Holy Ghost. Really? Oh, yeah, I had a goosebump. I could get a goosebump walking outside when it's cold. I, right? Some people think, man, that song's annoying. It gives me goosebumps. Come on. Maybe some of you are like me. You go on a road trip and then you change the radio station and then an old classic rock song comes on. I, I, won't, I won't sing. You're welcome. And you get a goosebump. Where are the honest people in the room? Is that the Holy Ghost? No, it's just your flesh. It just feels good. It just sounds good. It's like, man, you know. And, and then all of a sudden you look down and you're running 110. <laughs> Not the Holy Ghost, okay? <laughs> no, he was sent into the earth to empower us. To do what? To preach and teach the gospel to spread the good news of the Lord Jesus around the earth so that people come into uh, knowledge of who he is and get born again. Then he empowered us to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to cast out devils. At least that's what the Bible says. I'm saying if we will all take our place and do what we're commissioned to do, it's gonna look a lot different around here. It's going to look a lot different in our neighborhoods. It's going to look a lot different in our cities. It's going to look a lot different in our states. In fact, I think it could even look different in Washington, D.C. if the church would do what it ought to do. Are you going to get political? No, I'll spare you. The devil doesn't want anybody knowing what they have. And if he can keep you blind to it, you're not going to be able to defeat and ward off what he's throwing at you. You just won't be able to because you don't even know you can. Let's, let's put up Ephesians, please. I don't want to get too much more sidetracked. Therefore, I also, this is Paul talking to the church of Ephesus. After I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
the Father of glory may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. Now, all of this in Ephesians I'm reading to you, I pray every day over myself. I put myself in this scripture like it's me talking straight to God because it is. I pray, God, you give me a spirit of wisdom and revelation. I mean, how many of you know that's not a bad prayer, right? I mean, we could all use more wisdom and we could all use more revealed knowledge on the word of God. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. God, the eyes of my understanding being enlightened that I may know what is the hope of your calling, what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of your power. I'm just gonna say it like I pray it and y'all can play along with what's on the screen. And you need, I'm telling you, you need to adopt this prayer in your life because you start to talk about where you're positioned, not like it's somebody else that gets blessed or not like God's some far off cosmic grandpa that you're waiting on him to show up to bless you. No, you start reading it and praying it like it's you because it is you, amen. That I may know what the hope of your calling is, what the riches of your glory are to those, uh, to the inheritance and the saints. And what is your exceeding greatness of your power toward me because I believe according to the working of your mighty power which you worked in Christ when you raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places. At the right hand, the hand of favor, the hand of blessing, the hand of authority, far above all principality and power and might and dominion. How many of you know the war we wage now is not a flesh and blood war? It is a war in the heavenlies. Amen. Well, I'm going to show you where you're seated in just a moment, and you'll realize you're above the battle you're fighting. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. Let me ask you this. Is diabetes a name? Yes or no? Is cancer a name? Is poverty a name? Is ADHD a name? Yes? Jesus has a name above those names. All, anything that's opposite of the word of God. And every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things. How many? all things under his feet and gave him, Jesus, to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. We are the body, the church. Now, Ephesians 2 verse 1. I, I pray it like this. And he made me alive. I was dead in trespass and sin. I once walked according to the course of this world. Notice what's going on here now. I'm talking about who I used to be, not who I currently am today. You used to be that way. When you got born again, remember, your position and your nature changed and now you're someone different. You're a new creature, a new creation. Behold, all things are passed away. Huh, right? 
Is that the word, yes or no? Behold, all things are passed away. All things have become new. You're a new creation in Christ, seated in Christ. You're a new creation. The, uh, one translation even goes so far to say that you're a new species of being. It's like you never existed before. You got born again and then showed up on the world stage, a new species of being, someone full of the Holy Ghost of God, someone empowered now to go out and make a difference. Amen. He made me alive. I was dead in, tres in trespass and sin, in which I once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom I once conducted myself in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desire of the flesh and of the mind. And I was by nature a child of wrath, just as the others. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved me, even when I was dead in trespass, watch this now, made me alive together with Christ. By grace, I have been saved and I have been raised up together and I have been made to sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Notice your position now. Now it goes on down through uh, seven, eight, nine, and 10, talking about how it's nothing that I've done to deserve salvation. I haven't done anything to merit that. It's by God's grace. I cannot brag about anything I've done on my own to gain that. I can only point to God and brag on him. And then in verse 10, it says that I am God's masterpiece. Praise the Lord. Nobody ever called me a masterpiece. I've been called a lot of things and masterpiece was never one of them. But then I find in scripture that the God of heaven not, not the guy down the street. The God of heaven says I'm his masterpiece. Well, I'm going to tell you, when you start looking at that and you start getting that down inside of you, you start changing how you think about yourself. Some of you came in here this morning so broken, so beat up by life that it, somebody would have had to jerk your arm up to get you to be able to praise God. So well, I don't, I don't want to lift my hands at church. Well, it says 37 times in scripture you're supposed to. So do it anyway. Just do it anyway. Obey God. I know it's a novel concept in the day we live in, but just obey God. You know, you don't even have to put them all the way up. I put mine all the way up like I'm surrendering a fort to somebody. But you don't have to. You could just, just a little bit. Just try it during worship the next time. He said, well, I don't really like the music. That, look, it doesn't matter. You're here to worship God. I'm tempted to come to your row and sit down. <laughs> We're here to honor God. I've been here before and I don't even, just, Pastor Sue was just saying, it's the first time she'd ever heard that song. There've been many times I've come here. Y'all sing a new song like every other week. It's awesome. I, I'll come here and I'm like, wow, I never heard that song before. Praise the Lord. They put the words on the screen. <laughs> they make it easy. Well, I can't sing. A lot of us can't sing. That's why we're not up here doing it. 
but there are people up here that can and they're to lead us into worship. And so when you understand who you are, it's not hard to worship the God that created you. And so I just sing off key and everything. You know, I've been to churches before where they're like, hey, what key is that gonna be in? Oh, I don't know, just find me if you can. I'm like, nobody's finding you. You cannot be found. Singers, y'all know what I'm saying. Everybody can sing in the shower or in your car, but it's a different story when you get a microphone in front of a crowd. It just, you know, just is what it is. I know I can't sing, so I don't even attempt it. I just sing to God, and he loves it. Amen. So I worship God. I don't do it to put on a show. I don't do it to get attention. I do it because that's how I worship God. I, I worship just like I worshiped on the front row in my house when no one's there. Because he's there. You know what I'm saying? Like nobody in the physical body's there, but God is there. He inhabits the praises of his people. At least that's what the Bible says, and I believe the Bible. He inhabits the praises of his people. So when I open up my mouth and give God praise, he's right there in the middle of all of it. It'll change your situation. Praise the Lord. I don't know, man. There's faith in this room. First service didn't get that. Aren't y'all glad that you double dipped the ones that came back? Praise the Lord. No double dipping at lunch, though be none of that. Now, let's go to Matthew 18, 18 through 20. Now, I'll tell you this. Many believers are afraid of the responsibility of saying anything according to the word because they think they have to make it happen. The pressure's not on you. I just put pressure on the word. God, this is what your word says. I believe what your word says. I'm saying your word out of my mouth. You, it, something's going to have to happen. Amen. You say, you mean you can talk to God that way? Yeah, so can you. He's given us that ability. Now, Matthew uh, 18, 18 through 20. I have it in the Amplified. Classic. Truly I tell you, whatever you forbid and declare to be improper and unlawful on earth must be what is already forbidden in heaven. Notice he said you. Whatever you forbid and declare improper must already be what's improper and unlawful in heaven. Is sickness unlawful in heaven? Is disease unlawful in heaven? Is everything the devil's tried to deceive you with unlawful in heaven? Yeah, then I won't stand for it. I won't, I won't stand for it. No more than I'll stand for somebody coming in my house and destroying my family. Won't stand for it. I have a lock on the door, and if they get past the lock, I have other things in the house We'll leave it at that. To see to it that they're safe. Well, the enemy wants to destroy you and your family. And you have a way to prevent that from happening. And it is the Word of God. But that Word has to be in the heart of a believer. 
and then it needs to come out of the mouth of that believer as a sword, cutting away the things the enemy uses to try to destroy you. Amen. Man, I feel like I'm in the last seconds of a basketball game. I mean, we're down to the wire. But y'all don't have three services. You have two. So we're here till four this afternoon. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Just hang with me one more minute here. He said, whatever you permit and declare, proper and lawful on earth must be what is already permitted in heaven. Again, I tell you, if two of you on earth agree, harmonize together, make a symphony together about whatever, anything and everything they may ask, it will come to pass and be done for them by my Father in heaven. For wherever two or three are gathered, drawn together as my followers in or into my name, there I am in the midst of them. Two or three. I don't have to have everybody in the church to agree with me. You know, people say, oh, I just, they'll get on uh, Facebook or whatever and they'll say, I just need everybody to agree with me. I don't have to have everybody to agree with me. Because the fact is, when you put it out there, there's going to be a lot of people who disagree. I don't need a bunch. I need one. And if I can't find any, Jesus agrees with what the Word says, so I'll just get him involved. Amen. Stop thinking you got to depend on everybody else to get your praying done. Stop thinking you got to get everybody else involved to get something from God. No, God's involved with his word. Get the word in your heart. Put the word out of your mouth. Stand on what God says. Don't be willing to be pushed off of it. Amen. I don't permit stuff in my home because it's not permitted in heaven. So when things start to go opposite of what God's word says, Sue and I both will stand and say, no, that, that won't fly here. And then we'll turn the word loose on it. Amen. Somebody say, turn it loose. That's a good West Kentucky phrase, especially, you know, if you're a drag racer, you say, turn it loose. If you like to hunt and you have dogs, you say, turn him loose. Right? We say, turn it loose a lot where I'm from. If you're a cowboy and you're in the chute and you're getting ready to, they're getting ready to open the gate and turn you loose, you say, turn him loose. You need to turn the word loose on your situation. Amen. John, I want to pray for you. I don't know what's wrong and I don't have to know what's wrong. I know the healer. And so do you. And it's not permitted in heaven for you to be sick. So we, you and I, are not going to permit it on earth. You believe that? And I want you to come here. I want to pray for you. In the name of Jesus, I command healing virtue into this body. We do not permit sickness in this body. We release healing power in Jesus' name. Be made whole now in the name of Jesus. Just receive it. So what if I don't feel it? You may not. 
you receive in Jesus' name be made whole. I command every bit of illness. I command a spirit of infirmity leave. I command every attack of the enemy be stopped. We rule it unlawful and improper. We say in the name of Jesus, you get off of his life and leave him alone in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Come on, somebody. Praise the Lord. Come on, he's good. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, you talk like a healed man. Somebody says, how you feeling? Oh, I'm fine. I'm well. I'm healed in Jesus' name. You're not denying something could be wrong, but you're declaring the Word of God over your life. This is where people miss it. They think they're telling a lie. You're not telling a lie when you say you're healed because that's what Jesus says about us. So you're not telling a lie. Amen. You felt like it though. Both of you have felt like you were lying if you said he was well. Am I right or wrong? Listen to me. When you say what God says, you're never wrong and it's never a lie. It doesn't matter what the current situation may look like. And this is good for everybody. You say the word of God. I mean, I've, I've been in situations where I couldn't even hardly utter words. And instead of saying what my flesh wanted to, and it wanted to, and it would have just been easy to go the way of the flesh, I had to say what the word of God said because that's what I believe. I believe it over everything else, over every situation that could ever come my way. The Word of God is true. God said, let God be true and every man a liar. So in other words, let God be true and everything else that tries to destroy you be made a liar. Amen? Praise the Lord. Come on, if you would, just raise your hands to heaven. Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for every campus that joined us online, everybody that's watching online. Lord, I thank you for your anointing. Thank you, Lord, for fresh oil in people's lives. A fresh oil in people's lives. A fresh oil in people's lives in the name of Jesus Christ. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.